Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Breaking now. The Prince of York. Prince Andrew. I guess his last name is York. His last name could be Windsor. Doesn't matter. Prince Andrew, the son of Queen Elizabeth, the monarch of Great Britain, the empire, is now being sued in court by an American woman. Basis of the lawsuit, sex abuse. Not just sex abuse. Child sex abuse. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. What's happening? Well, hold on to your hat and take a listen to this. She believes, as I do, that no one, no president, no prime minister, no prince of England is above the law. Um, uh, It doesn't matter how many um, contacts you have. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter how much wealth you have. Uh, you're not above the law. And no one, no matter how young or vulnerable or powerless, um, is deprived of the protection of the law. That is the bedrock principle of American law, and I believe it's the bedrock principle of the United Kingdom from which we got our law. Well, he's absolutely correct. Uh, That is well-known, renowned lawyer David Boyes, who is representing this woman, Virginia Jeffries, in her lawsuit against Prince Andrew. We, America, got our jurisprudence, our body of law, our common law, from Great Britain. That's where we got the bedrock of our Constitution. It's easier said than done, right? No one's above the law. Yeah, in principle. But somehow, Prince Andrew has managed to skirt many, many claims. Again, I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. You were just hearing Virginia Jeffries' lawyer, David Boyd, speaking to ITV, joining me in an all-star panel to make some sense of what's going on and to, although I'm sure they're not betting people like myself, and to, given the odds, will Prince Andrew 
York slash Windsor. You can't even get a Brit to really tell you his last name. I've asked. Some say York. Some say Windsor. Will he ever be brought to justice? What are the odds that Queen Elizabeth's son is going to kowtow to an American courtroom? With me, high-profile lawyer out of Seattle, Ann Bremner, author of Justice in the Age of Judgment, and you can find her at annbremner.com. Dr. Bethany Marshall, renowned psychoanalyst, joining us out of L.A. You can find her at drbethanymarshall.com. She's a star of a new Netflix series, Netflix series, Bling Empire, death investigator, forensics expert, Joseph Scott Morgan, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, and he is now the star of the Piketon Massacre, returned to Pike County on iHeart. But first, to a special guest joining us, Charlie Langston. She's the editor of Female, F-E-M-A-I-L, at DailyMail.com. Charlie Langston, first of all, let's clear this up. Is it Andrew York or Andrew Windsor? Technically, the royal family's name, last name, is Windsor, but they don't really use a last name. So it's Prince Andrew or the Duke of York, whichever you prefer. So if they were to have to write a check, he would just write Andrew, like Sheer or Elvis or what? He He would probably write Prince Andrew or he would write the Duke of York. But the royal family typically aren't cashing or writing many checks, nor do they typically use credit cards. They have staff who use credit cards on their behalf. Okay, then who was paying the bill that night at Tramp's Bar? Uh, I very much... Have I jumped ahead the night he was with an underage girl dancing and drinking, and his defense says, I don't sweat because of a war wound? Who paid the bill that night? Uh, I would imagine that it was either paid in cash or that he had someone with him who paid. But, you know, given that he says he wasn't there, I very much doubt we're going to be able to find a paper trail. Well put. Let's cut forward to what's happening right now. I want you to take a listen to the alleged victim in this case, Virginia Roberts Jeffrey, speaking to NBC. What happened? The first time in London, I was so young... Gillen woke me up in the morning and said, you're going to meet a prince today. I didn't know at that point that I was going to be trafficked to that prince. And then that night, Prince Andrew came to her house in in London, and we went out to Club Tramp. Prince Andrew got me alcohol. It was in the VIP section. It was, I'm pretty sure it was vodka. Prince Andrew was like, let's dance together. And I was like, okay. And, and... We leave Club Tramp, and I hop in the car with Gilan and Jeffrey, and Gilan said he's coming back to the house, and I want you to do for him what you do for Epstein. You know, let me go to Ann Bremner, high-profile trial lawyer, joining me out of Seattle, and longtime friend. And, you know, you claim a lot of your clients are innocent, and you know I disagree. But let's set our past differences aside for just one moment. And when you're preparing for trial and you're working with the witnesses and you ask them to tell their story, one of the first things I would do prepping for trial, of course, find my witnesses, go to their home or their job or wherever they were, and get them, without me leading them, to tell me their story. 
And I would look for detail. I would look for a story rich in detail. I don't, I, I'm a JD, not a DDS. I don't like pulling teeth. I don't want to say, well, what time was it? Well, who was there? Well, do you hear her unsolicited giving detail like we were in the VIP section? It was alcohol. I think it was vodka. And that morning, Gillen, Gillen Maxwell woke me up and said, you're going to meet a prince today. And that night, leaving Tramp's bar, she said, Andrew's coming to the house. I want you to do for him what you do for Epstein. The detail that she is providing is very persuasive, Ann Brimner. Oh, absolutely, Nancy. And that's why you've always been a great prosecutor that you've been and a wonderful advocate for victims. Um, she's the devil's in the details. How can she make all those things up? And she's detailed in recounting everything that's happened with Prince Andrew. And she's been adamant about her facts and details for a long time. You know, that's important, too. I'm glad you mentioned that, Ann Brimner. Um, very often you'll see a victim or a witness's story differ. I didn't say change because a lot of times it's simply embellishing. For instance, the victim gives or the witness gives you the story. And then later you may say, well, wait a minute. Um, how did you get there? And they add, oh, I took a cab or I hitched a ride or I, I took a bus. So they're adding to the story, not necessarily changing their story. But Anne's right. I don't believe Charlie Langston joining us from DailyMail.com I don't believe she's ever actually changed her story. She may have added to it over time, but I don't think she's ever changed it. No, the story has remained incredibly consistent this entire time. As you said, she has added more detail, tiny details, but for the most part, the story she told right at the very beginning is the story that she's still continuing to tell today, and it's the story that now serves as the basis for this lawsuit. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. You know, I'm thinking, you know, uh, she, Virginia Jeffries, is now a, a grown woman, a mom. And she's recounting something that happened when she was a teen. You know, Dr. Bethany Marshall, I remember the first time I ever went with my girlfriends to a bar. And it was first to all go dancing. And... You know, I didn't drink, didn't do drugs, didn't smoke, nothing. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I remember what I had on because I so carefully selected it because I had never been somewhere to a bar where people were dancing. And I remember, I don't remember the name of the place. I remember very few people who were there, maybe one or two. I remember general things about it. And I remember thinking, you know, I've seen it, I've danced, I'm leaving and left. But I remember... Mm -hmm vague, vaguely, pretty much what happened. I'm trying mm -hmm. to, and if someone tried to cross-examine me on it right now, they could probably do a really good job. But this woman is giving a pretty detailed statement. Nancy, she's giving a detailed statement because this was a very traumatic day in her life. We think of trauma as a broad umbrella, meaning what's traumatic to you may not be traumatic to me. But Nancy, being sex trafficked to a prince is a very traumatic event. And this woman had already been sex trafficked to Jeffrey Epstein 
so she was collecting, she was a victim of what we call cumulative trauma. Can you imagine being a minor, having vodka served to you, being at this big fancy nightclub, having one of the princes of Great Britain come and solicit you sexually? How can you forget any detail of that night? And Nancy, just to go back to history for a second, you keep saying, you know, is Prince Andrew Prince of York? Is he a Windsor? A little detail is that the royal family is actually a German, German family. They're yes. from Germany. And that did not go down so well during World War II. So they changed their last na- name. So this is not the first time that a royal has changing stories, changing details, whereas uh, Virginia Jeffries, her story has not changed at all. Guys, take a listen to more of Virginia Jeffrey speaking to our friends at NBC. Virginia says the abuse moved from the bathroom to a bedroom. He wasn't rude or anything about it. He said, you know, thank you and some kind of soft sentiments like that and left. I, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that even royalty were involved. She says Prince Andrew abused her two more times, once in New York in Epstein's mansion and again at his Virgin Islands estate. Prince Andrew, of course, denies that this ever happened. He denies that it ever happened and he's going to keep denying that it ever happened. But he knows the truth and I know the truth. Well, we were talking earlier. First of all, Jackie, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Uh, Dr. Bethany, hold on, let me go to Charlie Langston. Did you hear that? He said, thank you, after the underage sex, which is rape. Well, you know, I guess the one thing that the royal family always hangs on to is their etiquette and manners, so that Okay, did sense. you actually just um, say that? Did she say that? Because I think she did. Okay, Charlie Langston, I'm going to let you think for a moment about what you just said. Guys, take a listen to uh, information we learned from Filthy Rich on Netflix. I first met Prince Andrew March 10th, 2001 in London at Gillen's townhouse. He knocked on the door, he came inside Gillen's townhouse and we're sitting there having tea. Gillen has his favorite guessing game that she does. She goes to Prince Andrew, how old do you think Virginia is? And he said 17. And she's like, oh, you're right. And, you know, they, like, made a little joke about it. He's like, oh, my daughters aren't far from your age. You know, my daughter's a little bit younger than you. We went out for the night. Club Tramp in London. And he dances, and he's profusely sweating over me, and it was disgusting. And let's hear some more of Virginia Roberts. Take a listen to our cut eight. It ended with sexual abuse and intercourse and then a pat on the back. You've done a really good job. Like, you know, thank you very much and here's $200. You know, before you know it, I'm being lent out to politicians and to academics and to people that you, royalty and, and people that you just, you would never think, like, how did you get into that position of power in the first place if you're this disgusting, evil, decrepit person on the inside. Let's go back. Charlie Langton joining me, editor with DailyMail.com. Did you hear the part where she said they played a sort of guessing game with Andrew between Gillen Maxwell, Prince Andrew, 
and Virginia Jeffries talking about guess her age. And there was no doubt Andrew knew she was 17, according to this witness. Well, and I think, you know, one of the most shocking things there is that, you know, according to Virginia, he then said, oh, you're not too far off in age from my daughter. And the ironic thing is that when Prince Andrew has spoken out to deny all of Virginia's claims, he actually said that he was with his daughter at a party, you know, not too far outside of London, when Virginia says that all of this went down. So, you know, if we if we are to believe what Virginia said, it's awful to hear that not only did he know exactly how old she was, but that he knew that she was around the same age as his own children. And that is just the most horrifying thing to me. Yeah, the fact that she followed up in the guessing game with the detail that he went, oh, that's not much older than my daughter's. Clearly, if she is to be believed, he knew she was underage. And speaking of the party P- prince andrew claims he took his daughters to instead of having underage sex which is rape it's called statutory rape because if you're underage you cannot consent to sex in that vein take a listen to our cut 16 this is emily matlas speaking to prince andrew listen i i, I have no recollection of ever meeting her um uh, I'm almost, in fact, I'm convinced um, that I was never in tramps with her. There are a number of things that are wrong with that story. One of which is that is that I don't know where the bar is in, in um, tramps. Um, uh, I don't drink. Um, I, I don't think I've ever bought a drink in tramps uh, whenever I was there. Do you remember dancing at tramp? No. That couldn't have happened because the date that is being suggested, I was at home with the children. Okay, so which is it? Charlie Langston with DailyMail.com. Was he at home with his two girls, Beatrice and Eugenie, or was he at Tramps? I, I thought he said he was at a pizza party. Yes, it, the story evolved to... Uh, whoa, 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 wait, wait, Charlie, Charlie. The story evolved... It changed. That's what evolve means. It changed. Yes, that is what evolve means. Okay, so yes. what's the he story now? He He's home. not at home putting Eugenie and Beatrice to bed. What, what, what's the new story? He said that he took his daughter to a party at a pizza restaurant called Pizza Express in Woking, which is in Surrey, just outside of London. However, if even if his story is accurate... The distance between Woking and London would actually have allowed for him to make it back to the city in order to go to a nightclub later that evening. So, you know, I think many people, both critics and royal fans alike, have agreed that that interview that Andrew did was a car crash. We also have to, you know, highlight the fact that he said he was actually unable to sweat because he, you know, suffered from a kind of condition that he sustained while he was fighting in the war. Okay, wait, 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 wait. You're absolutely right, Charlie. Take a listen to our cut. 17, once again, this is our friend from the BBC, Emily Matlas. Listen. She was very specific about that night. Mm -hmm. She described dancing with you and you profusely sweating (laughs) and that she went on to have 
bath, there's a, there's possibly. A, there's a slight problem with 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 with, with the sweating um, because uh, I, I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat, um, or I didn't sweat at the time, and that was oh, actually, yes, I didn't sweat at the time because. I um, ha had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at, uh, and I simply, it, it, was, it, was, it was almost impossible for me to, to, to sweat. And it's only because I have done a number of things in the recent past that I'm starting to be able to do that again. So I'm afraid to say that, 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 that there's a medical condition that says that I didn't do it, so therefore... Hey, Nancy, can I jump in on this one? Okay, I was... <laughs> I was just letting it soak in. He got a shot of adrenaline and he can no longer sweat. Is that even real? Bethany, where I are you? Know. You said I want to jump. <laughs> jump. Well, what I can say is that he has drug his daughters, Beatrice and Eugenie, into his own sexual predatory behaviors. He's using them as shields or beards or whatever you want to use. So not only has he violated Virginia Jeffries Roberts, but now he is using Beatrice and Eugenie as witnesses, and he's gaining sympathy with the British audience by saying he was shot at in the Falcons' War, and he was so frightened, and he had a shot of adrenaline that now he can't sweat. I mean, the whole thing, not only is it absurd, but just let it soak in for, for a moment, to use your phrase, that he is using his own minor daughters in his defense. What you know, I'm glad you said that, Bethany, character. because Charlie Langston joining us from DailyMail.com. I understand that either Beatrice or Eugenie were asked about that night. Do they confirm the pizza party? They did not confirm it to the point where it would be able to be used as evidence in Andrew's defense. What do you mean by the that? Two of them have... Essentially, the, the girls don't have enough of a recollection of that time to provide their father with any solid backup. And, you know, at the time, they were both young girls. I don't think if you were to ask me, I don't think I could remember a pizza party that I went to when I was younger. What do you mean but by younger? How old girls, were they? At the time, they would have been around early teens, I think. Um, okay, but here's the other thing, Charlie Langston. Since he doesn't drive himself anywhere and he doesn't pay for anything, wouldn't there be a record of him being driven to this location? He does drive himself to places. It does happen rarely, but he does drive himself to places. However, it is highly unlikely that he would have gone anywhere without some form of security. Ooh, you're right. He so is, is there a record? He is a senior member of the royal family. And yes, there should be a record. He should have a record of someone being with him at the time. But as we all know, Buckingham Palace has remained completely silent on this matter. Other than Prince Andrew's car crash interview on the BBC, they haven't said anything to either defend or, well, you know, throw him under the bus. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. All I can say, Joe Scott Morgan, is thank goodness for photographic evidence. Take a listen to our cut 18. This is Emily Matlas. She was very specific. She described the dance that you had together in Tramp. She described meeting you. She was a 17-year-old girl meeting a senior member of the royal family. 
never happened. She provided a photo of the yes. two of you together. Yes. Your arm was around her waist. Yes. You've seen the photo. I've seen the photograph. How do you explain that? I can't. Because I don't, I have no, I, again, I have absolutely no memory of that photograph ever being taken. Well, I can tell you this. It would be a cold day in H-E-L-L if I caught my husband, David Lynch, at a party without me and his arm around a teen girl. Uh-uh. N-O. But listen, listen. He has no memory of it, but then suddenly, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Take a listen to our cut 19. Do you recognize yourself in the oh, photo? Yeah, it's pretty difficult not to recognize yourself. Your friend suggested that the photo is fake. I think it's uh, from the investigations that we've done, you can't prove whether or not that photograph is uh, faked or not because it is a photograph of a photograph of a photograph. So it's very difficult to be able to, to, um, to, to prove it. But I, I don't remember that photograph ever being taken. But it's possible that it was you with your no, arm around That's me, but, but whether that's my hand or whether that's um, the position, I, I, but I don't, I have simply no recollection. Oh, well, I guess if he doesn't remember it, Jackie, then it must not have happened. Okay, Joe Scott Morgan, uh, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet, star of the Piketon Massacre on iHeartRadio. I could go on and on, but I want to get back to Andrew, Joe Scott. Joe Scott, you know how every rape case goes, not everyone, but many of them. First of all, it didn't happen. I've never seen her. I don't remember her. I never met her. Oh, yeah, I remember her. Yes, she was at a party. We met very briefly. Oh, it's my semen? You know what? It's all coming back to me. We had sex, but it was consensual. Oh, her torn dress and bruises. I don't know how that happened. She's making the whole thing up. It's a fake. Well, here we have a photo of his arm around her. I think there's a drink in the other hand. I can't remember the other hand. I was too focused on the hand around her waist. And I believe she's wearing a little midriff shirt. And so it's her bare skin. How is he going to get out of that, Joe Scott? You're the forensics expert. I have no idea. You know, you look at this thing and, you know, you you think, uh, you know, I kept waiting for him to say Photoshopped. Of course he didn't. He goes. He doesn't know about Photoshop. Of course he doesn't. Somebody takes his photos for him. And oh, one other thing, by the way, if the if, if a prince if a prince shows up at Chuck E. Cheese, I think people are going to remember. All right, you know, going back to this, and again, it's this web that he's created over these years. And I don't necessarily know that it's over these years. He might be a predator for all I know. But you know, he said we've we've the investigation we've conducted into the photograph who, who's we who, who's he referring to does he have forensic analysts on staff that are you know really digging into this thing uh digging into the electronic media here trying to figure out if in fact this is him give me a break well i and noticed something never, very critical yeah. to scott morgan he never said What's we've it? proven it's a fake yeah they and he knows that he would be that would in fact be a bold-faced lie. well okay so scott, i think i have the answer that prince andrew is going to use to exonerate himself from this rape charge underage sex Take a listen to our cut 21. This should just, you know, close the book on this chapter. So why would somebody have put in another hand? 
you think it is you next to her in the photo? Oh, it's definitely me. I mean, that's a, that's a picture of me. It's not a picture of... I don't believe it's a picture of me in London, because when I go out, to, when I go out in London, I wear a suit and a tie. That's what I would describe as those are my travelling clothes if I'm going to go... if I'm going overseas. So there's a, there's a, I've got a, plenty of photographs of me dressed in, 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 in those sorts of... that Just, sort of kit, but not there. Charlie Langston, what is he talking about? Effectively, he's now trying to say that if he's ever in London and he's going out anywhere, he will dress smartly in a suit and that the outfit that he's wearing in the image is only the kind of thing that he would wear when he travels somewhere else and doesn't need to look quite so official. Charlie Langston, I'm pretty sure I heard him say the words, those are my traveling clothes. So does he have another set of clothes that he wears to travel? Essentially, he's just saying that the casual nature of the outfit... You know, yeah, the casual nature of the outfit is something that he would only wear while traveling. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Dr. Bethany, please help me. Have I finally lost my mind as so long has been accused? His defense is, I was wearing my traveling clothes and that's impossible. What are traveling clothes? What is he talking about? (laughs) Oh, how I wish this was going to be tried on American soil. When I go go into London, I have to look official. But when I go to another country, I don't have to look quite so nice. Very degrading towards... I'm going to slum it to other countries, which doesn't make sense because if he's a senior member of the royal family, if he's going on a private plane, don't you think he's going to step off that plane in a suit and tie to greet other officials? I mean, I think, you know, I, I watched the whole interview this morning, and one of the things it's he a does disaster is for he him. Links, it is a disaster. You know what? If I ever question my husband, and he looked like Prince Andrew blinking rapidly and shaking his head from side to side. I would be side. I'd be like, you're lying. You're lying. Lie, lie, totally lie. lying. <laughs> so how does this young girl, Virginia Jeffries, and many others, I might add, find herself in this position to start with? Um, this is all brought to head because of a PR disaster for Prince Andrew with a legal twist. He has just been named in a civil lawsuit by Virginia Jeffries claiming that he had sex with her when she was under age. All of his denials are not working. One after the next after the next has been disproved. He needs to stop talking, but it's too late for that. So how does this young girl, a a very pretty, articulate teen girl, find herself in bed with Prince Andrew, according to her? Well, it all started in Palm Beach. Take a listen to our cut two. This is from the BBC with Virginia Jeffries. Virginia Roberts went to Epstein's Palm Beach home for the interview. Glenn walks me up the stairs and then there's this naked guy laying on a massage table in the middle of the room. 
So although there was this naked man laying on a table, I thought, okay, well, this is just how they do it, I suppose. He looked up at Guylaine. So she's like, okay, here's the lotions, here's the oils. Put your lotions and oils on your arm. Always keep your hand on the person you're massaging and start with one foot and, you, and she'll get the other foot and then we'll work together. So you just mimic my movements. So anyways, that thought went fleeting from my head like that was strange because we're doing this massage now. And there you have a teen girl around, I guess, 14, 15 years old who was confronted with a naked Jeffrey Epstein and his pimp, Gillen Maxwell, who's now awaiting her own trial. It's always been a he say, she say. Jeffries versus Prince Andrew. Jeffries versus Epstein. Jeffries versus Gillen Maxwell. Until a new bombshell. Is there finally a witness? Take a listen to our Cut 27 from our friends at the BBC. Epstein's housekeeper, also in a Florida court legal deposition, said that you visited the Palm Beach residence around four times a year. You got a daily massage. Four times a year? That was what he said in a Florida court legal deposition. No. I'm just wondering, when you look back now, is there a chance that those massages might have been the services of someone who was being sexually exploited or trafficked by Epstein? Mm, no. I don't think, I mean, I, uh, no, definitely not. Definitely not. And I definitely did not visit uh, his Palm Beach house three or four times a year. Absolutely not. How many times would you say you visited? Uh, in total, probably four times in total throughout the, the, the time that I knew him. To you, Charlie Langston, joining us from Daily Mail, isn't it true that Prince Andrew continued his special relationship with perv Jeffrey Epstein even after Epstein was charged with sex with young girls? Yes, there are, I mean, there are pictures of the two of them walking together in Central Park, which, you know, Andrew then later said it was because he wanted to have a face-to-face -face conversation with Epstein to tell him that they could no longer have face-to-face -face conversations. But even after all of these allegations were made against Epstein, Andrew did not cut off contact with him. He continued to have a relationship with him. You know, I want to go to you, Anne Bremner, a high-profile lawyer out of Seattle. Now you've got a housekeeper or a, an employee of Epstein's naming Andrew as coming to the Palm Beach home, the mansion of Epstein, four times a year. It's not necessarily how many times he's been coming. It's the fact that why was he there to start with? Well, absolutely. And a, a cardinal rule, you know, Nancy, of the royal family has been never complain, never explain. And yet Prince Andrew's now between a rock and a hard place because he's been explaining and explaining, and the more he explains it, the less it makes sense. Um, but then he's not cooperating where there's evidence. There's a photograph. That's not my hand, but that's me. You know, oh, I've had his house four times. I've got all the young girls in New York and Palm Beach were quote-unquote servants. I don't sweat. And they have all these pictures of him sweating, you know, that were posted after his, what they call a car crash interview. So there's a case. And because he has not cooperated, because he has protested and said, I will cooperate, but he never has, he now has this lawsuit against him out of New York with an excellent lawyer through David Boyce for Virginia Roberts. Mm -hmm. And also in the, the criminal investigation, they're talking about him as somebody, at least a witness, 
of interest. Well, you're right. According to Boys, they've tried and tried to get cooperation from Prince Andrew. Take a listen to our friend Juju Shang at ABC Our Cut 37. David Boys is one of the attorneys representing Jufre. We reached out to Prince Andrew and his lawyers several times over the last five years to try to resolve this issue without the necessity of litigation. They have just consistently stonewalled. Jufre is now seeking unspecified compensatory and punitive damages, arguing that the prince intentionally caused her emotional distress. Well, where is Prince Andrew right now? Well, as you may guess, he's hiding behind his mommy's skirts. Take a listen to our Cut 41, Molly Hunter, NBC. This morning, Prince Andrew is on vacation with the Queen, arriving at her Balmoral Castle with his ex-wife, Sarah Ferguson. But his accuser, Virginia Roberts Jufree, is not letting up. Her high-profile lawyer, David Boyce, turning up the heat. Prince Andrew is going to have to now uh, speak. Um, uh, He can't ignore court process. Uh, He can ignore me. He can ignore my client. He can ignore other uh, victims uh, and their lawyers. But he can't ignore the court. You know, Charlie Langston joining us, DailyMail.com, on the story from the get-go. How are the Brits taking this? Well, I think, you know, the majority of people in the UK are horrified. And there is increasing pressure for Andrew to speak up, speak to lawyers, and get involved in this case. You know, as we just heard, he has promised time and time again to cooperate. He has said that when the law requires him to, he will speak to investigators. And yet, for some reason, he has repeatedly refused to do so. Not to mention, this is now dragging the royal family even further into scandal. It has not been an easy few years for the royal family. It has especially not been an easy few years for the queen. And her son is now once again casting a huge cloud over the monarchy at a time when, to be quite frank, they can't deal with any more drama. So I think the general feeling in the UK is that Andrew needs to own up to everything that's happened. And if he is indeed innocent, then he needs to prove so in a court of law. How much is he getting paid? I mean, I know all the royals have a home provided for them, security, their clothes are paid for, their food is paid for, they live in a mansion. I mean, if I were a Brit, I would be sick of paying for him when he's out gallivanting like this, having sex with underage girls. Well, and we also we also should mention that his legal fees will be paid for him through the mo- the money that is given to the monarchy. You know, so effectively the queen is paying for his legal fees. Yes, the money that the monarchy receives from the taxpayers. Don't get me wrong. I love Queen Elizabeth. I loved Diana. I love William. I love Kate. I love their family. I want the, the very, very best for them. I think many of them work tirelessly for Great Britain. But I'd be infuriated. If I were a Brit paying for Andrew to go dance at Club Tramp, well, where will it end? Take a listen to our Cut 50. This case is not going away. Um, uh, Virginia Dufre uh, is not going to go away, uh, and I'm not going to go away. Um, This case is going to go forward. Um, Whatever obstacles um, they try to put in front of us, uh, we will overcome. once this case goes to court, and it has now gone to court, their ability to stonewall has ended. Um, they can still delay, but they can't escape the inevitable. 
and the inevitable is a jury trial as to who's telling the truth here, what the facts are. Uh, and that is something that I have a lot of confidence is going to go forward. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace Crime Story signing off. Goodbye, friend. Thank you.